The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit ConflictHealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about how to deal with yourself if you're a highly sensitive person and how to deal with someone who you might be in love with or some friend of yours who um, you're dealing with that might be a highly sensitive person. And I've been reading this book called Stop the Madness, how this highly sensitive person can thrive in a chaotic world. And this is by Johnny Urban. And I have had the wonderful pleasure of getting to know Johnny. We both belong to an organization for speakers. And so I uh, told her about the show and she just made sure that I got the book. And so here we are. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, Johnny Urban is an author, speaker, master life and business success coach, and a workshop facilitator. She specializes in teaching heart-centered, highly sensitive entrepreneurs authentic public speaking. And she is the founder and CEO of Wonderful Life Learning Company, which is a Christian-based life success coaching and consulting company specializing in dealing with and teaching the highly sensitive person how to thrive in a chaotic world. She is also a certified strategic interventionist, and she is a Christian counselor and a highly sensitive person herself. So as I told you, she is the author of Stop the Madness, How the Highly Sensitive Person Can Thrive in the Chaotic World. And, um, This is changing the perspective of what people think about a highly sensitive person instead of looking at them in a a judgmental way. They can understand their differences in how each of us is unique and how we all can use some of these great skills. And as I was reading this book, I noticed that the the skills and the tools that she gives in this book really are great for everyone. And of course, there are times in our lives when we're going to feel more sensitive and be more sensitive than others when when emotions are high and when things, when life takes us on a path that maybe we are not happy about or some tragedy in our lives. So I think this is gr- a great book and is a great opportunity for us to talk. So thank you, Johnny, for joining us today. 
Thank you, Mari. That was an awesome introduction. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about, for everyone who's listening, let's talk about what is a highly sensitive person? Hmm, That is a really great, great question, and it's usually the one I get most often. Uh, A highly sensitive person, the the term was actually coined back in the early 1990s by Dr. Elaine Aaron, who who was doing research, and she actually wrote the very first uh, book that's um, world-renowned. And she, so she actually coined it as that. And it's important that there's, um, basically there's four characteristics that a highly sensitive person needs to have so that, um, to understand what it is. And she uses the acronym DOES, D-O-E-S. I love acronyms. (laughs) Yeah. It helps me remember things. Okay. Yeah. So what the D is, the D is depth of processing. You know, these people exhibit a huge, um, deep processing. They've actually done MRI studies on brains hmm. on, um, on how deep the processing goes when information passes visually in front of someone in an MRI machine. It's quite fascinating. Hmm. And the O stands for how they're easily overstimulated and can get in overwhelm quite, hmm. quite easily. And then the E is emotionally reactive and, and empathetic. Mm-hmm. And the S stands for um, sensitive to subtle stimuli. Hmm. So, um, and the the only disadvantage is being overstimulated, yeah. which can which can cost, which is the cost of us being highly sensitive. Right. And the rest of it is all benefits. Right. And, um, um, being emotionally reactive can be difficult, but it actually helps uh, to motivate us to think even more. Right, right. I would think some mindfulness and uh, consciousness techniques really would, would help someone like that to have some like cognitive behavioral therapy to be able to deal with that and enjoy all the the positive aspects of that, you know, deep processing and 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 being emotionally empathetic, which are really wonderful things mm-hmm. that that when you yeah. can um, and you talk about some of the tools, so yeah, so mm-hmm. that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. now you yourself uh, are a highly sensitive person, and how did you mm-hmm. how did you realize this? How how's, how did that come to be? Well, uh, um, I've been highly sensitive my whole life. I just didn't know what it was. And I had all of these four, you know, DOES things going on inside of me. And and growing up with it, yeah, there was challenges and everything. But um, I was fortunate enough to ha- to have a mom that was that taught all of all of four of us kids. There was four of us in the family um, by hook or by crook. She had to teach us to be independent, so that you know that that's quite a handful for little kids. Yeah. And so I grew up. And I grew up being able to take care of my own needs pretty much all by myself. And I would be able to figure it out how to, you know, and how to take care of my emotions. And usually it was being in nature, you know, Mm. going outside and and playing in the grass and the dirt and, you know, and and playing, you know, in all kinds of nature. I absolutely thrived in that environment. It really grounded me. And I really didn't realize the term what it was until about 2012 when I was reading an article about it that Dr. Lane had written in a magazine. And um, I just was I just sat down and cried because the first time in my life I saw myself in black and white, you know, on a, on a piece of paper. And, and I'm like, I was so relieved because now I says, oh, that's what, that's what this is. 
and mm-hmm. and at the time I wasn't overwhelmed. So I, um, because of everything going on in my life, and I and I when I finally figured it out, and I started doing research, and then I then I learned even more deeply about it, and um, um, especially talking to Dr. Elaine Aaron herself, she's just amazing. Wow, so that kind of sets you on a on a different path. How did that How did that shape you? Well, it was um, you know I've been a life coach for over ten years, and every time I would learn something similar to this, I would take it thinking, oh, I can use this for other people. I can learn it myself, use it with myself, and then I can also use it for other people that show up in my path. And so that's what the whole premise was, oh, let me learn this, and, and I'll read and study it, and then I'll put it in my tool belt, and then I'll move on, and, and it can really, really help people. Um, but as I was studying it and everything, I, I, was, I was, like, so deeply impacted by it. That's that depth of processing I was talking right, about. Right, right, That's where the good part about it comes, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and it was like, it wouldn't leave me, and I'm like, i got to study more, and i got to study more, and I, I started writing about it, and finally it says I started writing a book. i got to put all this in a book because this is going to really impact other people in the world like it did me. And so I took all these pieces of information that I got from all different sources, plus my own personal experiences, and put this in this book so people could read and learn about it. And, and from then on, it was like all, everybody was showing up in my life. All my clients were showing up in my life as being highly sensitive, realizing as I went back and looked in the past 10 years that most of my clients I worked with were highly sensitive. I just didn't know it. Right, right. You didn't have a, a title for it, right? Again, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. And um, and so it's like, yeah, we attract like people to us, pretty much. Right. And yeah, yeah. So so now I now I know what it is, and now I can help people go from an unresourceful, sensitive place to being resourceful, so that they can tap into their abilities and and have a great life and a business. Right. So how do you go about coaching someone? that is highly sensitive? Well, the first thing I do is I take a little assessment, you know, and to find out, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's not for me. I can usually talk to somebody for a couple minutes and figure it out because I've been doing this for so long. Um, but it's like they need validation about what it is before they truly believe. Nobody wants to be acknowledged and be known as a sensitive person because the word sensitive means, oh, you cry at the drop of a hat, which we can but we also we also experience great joy and happiness and excitement at a high level too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, all those emotions at a high level, we we feel this deeply. So, I I begin to find out where they are because, of course, it's on a spectrum. You can have somebody that's really over the top emotional, and you can have somebody that is just kind of like um, gets um, highly emotional only when they watch a movie or read a good book. So it's a huge spectrum, and I find out exactly where they're at, and then I work on getting them grounded. It's pretty much the first thing I do. And everybody's a little different, but what I have found as a common denominator is people getting in nature somehow, going out their front door, putting their bare feet in grass, and just standing there and letting the earth you know, feel up into their feet, up through their soul. And I, I recommend people buy a plant and put it on their desk, have, um, have a fish tank, have uh, rocks that they picked up from the beach or in seashells around them, have something that's earth-based around them so that they can constantly tap into that. That's do you think that's the negative ions that are so important? You know, they, t- they say that. I've, I've just read something recently 
about how important it is for people, everyone, not just mm-hmm. highly sensitive mm-hmm. people, to mm-hmm. to go out and walk by the beach, to be out in mm-hmm. nature, to do exactly what you're talking about, Johnny, mm-hmm. is to mm-hmm. be out there with those negative ions and to um, to really experience that, that that's so important for our brain. It is, it is, it is. And, and the negative ions are actually the good ones. Yeah. So, and it discharges all the energy that we pick up through the day, either through electronics, or through um, other people's energies. A lot of us, we pick up other people's energies or, um, or something. Even if the wind is blowing outside, we'll pick up someone's energy that might be a block away. And, it, and that helps discharge it and, get, and gets rid of it for us. Yeah. But the, the, really, the beautiful thing about nature, it's so natural. It's not man-made. Mm-hmm. It's not plastic. It's breathing, living entity. And that's what we need to check into so that we can get, you know, get, get our balance back. Right, right. So uh, what is the main message that you really want to bring out to people about highly sensitive people? The main, the main core is to, number one, first understand what it is so that the people can, can you know, like if you're sensitive, understand what it is that, that you're going through so that you can actually tap into it and use it in a positive way. But also, if you are not so super sensitive and you have a sensitive person in your life, for to help you understand that person better. Yes. And then to open up communication instead of, you know, we get so tired of hearing, you know, hey, get a tough skin. Right. You got to get, you know, you got to knock it off. Why are you crying so much? You know, right. we get so tired of hearing that. It's, it's very interesting that you say this. I just, uh, you know, had dinner with my daughter who's, you know, already graduated college now. And, and um, I think she's a highly sensitive person. She was just telling something that she was talking about with her dad. And he said, you're so emotional. You're too emotional, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and so I was just trying to say to her, you know, hey, you you are, and she was upset about something, and I said, well, let's talk about how you could reframe it, and I know you talk about reframing in your book as mm-hmm. well. You know, right. what could be good yeah. about this? Let's talk about what is what is really going on, and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, some of the cognitive behavioral therapy stuff really helps to just kind of look at something and analyze it, especially if you like to process. <laughs> you could process, well, yeah. why am I thinking this? Is this mm-hmm. really true? What else could be yeah. true about what just happened? You know, right. so um, the good thing about mm-hmm. a highly sensitive person is that they are so smart and they can really process deeply. And once they have the tools, right, then they can mm-hmm. figure it out like you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, because we process deeply, we tend to uh, learn very fast. And we get and because we learn very fast, we get bored easily. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, and um, there's, a, there's one question I always try to teach all my clients because it really helps them understand something. Like if they're having a challenge with, with um, a situation or something, and I, I, I tell them, okay, this is a question I want you to ask. Is it, what is it about that that is causing you to feel, you know, happy, sad, you know, angry? Right, right, right. To narrow, to narrow it down to exactly what is about that one thing. Find one thing, and and it helps um, 
take it from a huge problem to something really small. There's only one thing that's wrong. Maybe the color's bad or it, it fits wrong or something. It's just one thing. It's not the whole thing. Right, right. Yeah. But if they do feel overwhelmed with, you know, a lot of things, you know, just maybe like you said, ask them, well, what's one thing that we could talk about? Just one mm-hmm. thing, you know, choosing yeah. it. Because it yeah. is hard when you have so much going on in your life that, you know, that seems overwhelming, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I, I think of friends that sometimes when it rains, it pours, you know. They mm-hmm. lose a, a loved one and their car breaks down and they're going through a divorce. And, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. God, you know, um, they always say, God gives you, never gives you more than you can handle. And then you say, wait a minute, God, did you forget about this? You know, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, oh boy, yeah. I must be really strong if you think I can handle mm-hmm. all this. But I, I, you know, I, I know there are many of my clients who have been through that and, and I myself have been through that. So how do you help someone in that crisis? The first place I take them to is gratitude. Mm being grateful for what they have. Right. And I, and I ask them, what do you have that other people don't have? And they are in such a huge overwhelm. I just did this the other day with a, with a woman, and, um, and, I, and she could not come up with anything to be grateful about, yeah. and, which means she has a huge rule. She has all these rules about what she needs to do to be grateful about. And so mm. I broke it down, and I said, okay, could you be grateful that you have two legs that can move you across the floor? Yeah. And some people can't do that. Right. And that one thing, you know, all of a sudden, she, it, she just opened up and came up with a whole bunch of stuff that you, she could easily be have gratitude about and have appreciation about in her life. Mm-hmm. And um, that you know, I had to I had to move her from being complicated. Like some right. people need to have the stars and the moon and everything perfectly aligned before they can be happy, and that make it they make it too difficult to be happy. Right, right. So, so let's make it easy to be happy. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like um, you know, you don't appreciate your health and be grateful for good health until something happens. You know. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you get sick. And then when you get well, you're so, oh, my God, thank you, God. I feel so much better, you know. But you don't always realize it until something happens Mm -hmm. that you don't have Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You know what, Mari, too? It's important to know that God never wastes the pain. Yeah. And what do you mean by that, too? Why don't you explain that? Well, it's like when things show up in our lives, be it his, you know, his divine intervention or not, Life happens, and life happens right. for us, not to us. Right. So if, you, if something happens, if, if something just happened, it's happening for you so, you so that you learn about it. Right. And once you learn something about it, then you get to share it with others and help them get past their problems. Right, right. That's what we're supposed to do is to pass it, you know, pass it on. There's pay it forward, but there's also pass it on. Right, right. You know, and I always say this to myself, everything happens for a reason. And it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, devastating. I have a friend who um, found out a month ago that her husband had um, fourth stage pancreatic cancer. And Mm -hmm. they were 
married less than two years. They were totally in love. And just it was like something they had both had hard lives. And then they had this wonderful life together. And, you know, he died within a month. So it's hard to understand um, the good. Do you know what I mean? It's it's Mm -hmm. hard for us to really understand unless we have a lot of faith to know that we'll see our loved ones again and that this was his time or whatever but it's it's surely not easy when devastation hits right it just is not easy so Mm -hmm. um yeah it's a it's a rough time for her right now so i so you know god god doesn't waste pain i mean sometimes we go through tremendous pain and it's really a cleansing of our soul to have more compassion right for other Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. It's yeah, um, yeah. it's it's a rough time, but it it you know that's life, right? Yeah, and we're, but we're and we're really good with empathy. People sometimes confuse empathy with sympathy, right? And I was told I was told a story once. I'll share this real quickly. Is that the difference between empathy and sympathy? Sympathy is where some you know you're on a boat, it's rocking, and somebody is sick over the rail of the boat, and you walk up and you stand next to them, and you're sick over the rail of the boat with them. Mm. empathy is where you walk up with a cold washcloth and a glass of water and you ask, how can I help you? Yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, truly so, clear, yeah. So, you know, you have in your book um, that some some tools to really, some specific tools to to help someone who has challenges with being oversensitive. Can you go over some of those? You have some steps that um, in fact, let oh me tell goodness. you which I chapter. So many oh, I know, you, I know you do. So I'm going to kind of re- refer back to because I was looking at okay. it. Okay. Um, but you talk about um, oh, let's see, here it is. Um, well, like you talk about uh, five ways that um, that help highly sensitive people manage their abilities. That, that I really like that. And you start out with, um, you know, some really important things. Let me see where you've got them here. Um, you talk about journal writing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, how does that help? Well, what happens is it's because we, we love to ruminate. You know, ruminate and, and, you know, stew over information. And it could be we're ruminating over what happened, a conversation we had earlier in the day or even two days prior to that. And we just keep thinking over and over and over again, thoughts and pro, and we're trying to process the information and, and get it so that it makes sense. (coughs) Excuse me. And so, it, and so that, that will prevent us from getting a good night's sleep, if you can just imagine. So when you sit down and you just um, write out everything that you're thinking about, everything that's bothering you, everything, you just get it out of your system. Um, what happens with sensitive people on top is like we go internal. Yeah. We go internal and we go deeply internal. And we, we, and we can get stuck there if we don't get out. We, and then the opposite is, is that we let outside influences pull us outside of ourselves. And so we, it, it's important to have a balance between the two. Right. And not let outside influences pull you out of yourself all the time, and then, um, but don't stay inside yourself all the time either. Right. You got to come back and forth. And journaling really helps get that out. And it, it doesn't have to be really long. It can be. It doesn't have to be. If you sit down and journal for three minutes, 
and just kind of like write up stuff, anything you're thinking about or feeling about, it just really helps get it, get it out of you and make, help you make sense of it. Well, perfect. That's a great way to end. Believe it or not, we just went so quickly. So I just want to mention your book again, Stop the Madness, yeah. How the Highly Sensitive Person Can Thrive in a Chaotic World. And um, just give your website, and it's time for us to go. Okay, my website's www.everythinghsp.com. Oh. .com, I'm sorry. Yeah. So simple. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Johnny Urban, and we will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Mari. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. You gotta fight both night and day. Doesn't matter what some people may say. Don't be the lamb's cry, be the lion's roar. Cause love is worth fighting for. I know, yeah, love is worth fighting for. Love is worth fighting for. Mari Frank, host of Privacy Piracy, which airs every Monday morning right here on KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. And I'm also so pleased to present the weekly segment of Orange County Sheriff News and Safety Tips. And we are welcoming back one of our wonderful guests that we've had before, Sergeant Michael Pixomatis. He is a 27-year veteran of the Orange County Sheriff's Department, and he currently is with the Drug Education Department, and he's assigned to Community Programs Unit. He supervises the Drug Liaison Officer Program, and he works with prevention groups and serves as the liaison between the Orange County Sheriff's Department and local community groups, and I know he does a wonderful job. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. My pleasure, Mari. So let's talk about the 3G's series, Drug Education Presentations, and why it's really such a big, huge issue. First of all, the, the, the 3G's, you know, kind of stand for, people might get confused, it stands for Guide, Guard, and Govern. Mm. And it's a series of you know, drug education presentations that on various types of drugs we put out there for both uh, parents and teens to attend. And this particular presentation we have coming up in October, we'll be focusing on opioid abuse. And during this presentation, we titled it A Dose of Reality, the Latest Campus Trends. And we know how important that is to parents and, and even teens uh, to kind of get an idea of what is kind of going on out there. Right. That's uh, pretty pretty tough. So why do you say that it's such a huge issue? What's really going on with these drugs? Well, as we've heard, you know, our president of the United States has identified as an epidemic across the United States. And, and our sheriff, Sandra Hutchins, is, you know, the, she's very concerned about drug abuse in Orange County, especially when it involves our young people. And, and there's a lot of just different abuse going on out there with uh, pain prescriptions, mm-hmm. uh, like the opioids, uh, the um, Oxycontins, and, and uh, the Vicodins and stuff. And, and the CDC is reporting that 44 people die every day in oh the United States. Just from this abuse, and unfortunately, it's even leading, uh, leading to heroin abuse. And obviously, as law enforcement, 
as a community, we are very, very concerned about uh, our, our people in Orange County, you know, going down that dark road. Exactly. Well, we really appreciate all you're doing. Why don't you just tell us what the website is? Should we just do ocsd.org? And, or is there a special if, website? If, 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 if they want to find out more about some of the other three Ds, if, if you can go to ocsd.org forward slash DLO. And we have several different, uh, several other previous 3G presentations on there that they can watch on a video. Perfect. Okay, we will have you back again to talk more about what the community can do. So have a great day. You're wonderful. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Mari. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.